Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting. Clock. Oh, come on, shut no. It's what are you doing? Do you Teaser's <laughs> <It's, laughs> been smashed a packet of chips. He smashed the dairy milk bit bar. I think he voted. Oreo, dairy milk Oreos. All right, not not the dairy milk that won the uh, World Cup. The World Cup of chocolate yeah. on Twitter. What does that say about British people? That we're boring, fat, got good taste. Well, the whole principle of the World World Cup of chocolate means that we're kind of probably an overweight country. There you go. I was quite excited about it. I was following it like it was the World Cup. And oh, it moved yeah. quickly as well, which, yeah. was, which was great. People uh, get really emotional. Uh, yeah, so yeah, T's just finished his food. 
We're going to crack on with the pod. <laughs> how is everyone? How's how's your Christmases? Chris, Miller, Windy. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, good, good Christmas, thanks, mate. It was nice. Yeah. First first family Christmas down in Somerset when my parents have moved to recently. Oh, I bet it was nice. So, yeah, it was o- nice. Open for fire. Christmas walk. Open fire. No open fire. Oh, no. Right. no, they've got an electric oh. fire, but uh, no gas fire, but no no it's logs. Not one of those oil heaters. No. <laughs> They got the West Country. Yeah. Brand new Christmas out. walk, you went on. Every Christmas walk. Yeah, I did Christmas ever. walk every year. It's nice. Yeah, it's good stuff. Nice. Did it run this year? Yeah, we went uh, around the, through the estate. <laughs> <laughs> Where you live? Yeah. It's, it's different this year, but... Uh, Alex from Bristol's on the pod. Yeah, how you doing? It's yeah, good. How's yours? Yeah, it was lovely. Really nice, yeah. I had, uh, I had a good time. <laughs> I'd, I've got to go back to work tomorrow. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's I haven't worked since December the 5th. Oh, that's a mental. Mm. And you've been to Hawaii in America, right? Hawaii is America. Yeah, but, you know I mean? Yeah. Barely. Yeah, it's <laughs> good. It's been, it's been a nice month off. Watching Spurs at, like, weird times of day, though, is it, it did give me a little bit new respect for some of the hard, more hardcore American supporters, because this... Well, the time they get up and they got to be up, get into places that are, you know, not round the corner, mm. you know... Fair play. See, how was your Christmas? Are you good? Happy New Year. This, this, it was no. very good. Oh, yeah, Happy New Year, of course. It was pretty good. Um, went to Jamaica, see some family. Um, got back last Tuesday. That oh, was good fun. But anyone say Happy New Year with any actual kind of no, genuine... No one gives it's, it's, it's a greeting. It's a greeting. It's a greeting, yeah. yeah. I was in bed by quarter to twelve. <laughs> Was you? Yeah, it got to the last 15 minutes. I was like, <laughs> I'm staying up for nothing here. I, I, I don't even like fireworks. I'm just going to bed. Yeah, fireworks are one of the things that you kind of... After about two minutes, you're like, all right. They don't need to do it that long. It needs to be, like, 40 seconds of mentalness, like, utter mentalness, and then just stop. <laughs> yeah, I'm agreed with you. Yeah. I, I had to watch Brian Adams. Brian, <laughs> Brian Adams was playing a gig on BBC One. What? Oh, what, on Jules? <laughs> no, 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 no. Jules Fonz is good, but Brian Adams is bad. Yeah, I, I think I saw him on there. I remember thinking, what the fuck is Brian Adams doing? Why was he? Uh, I was with my girlfriend's family. She, she had, had a lovely time, don't get me wrong, but Brian Adams was on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fair play. All right, uh, the fanzines, is everyone who's ordered will received an email from us um, basically outlining some of the reasons why the fanzine isn't out yet, but uh, I've had an email from the printer over Christmas and they're getting delivered on the 11th of January. So then got a pack load of envelopes and off they go. Get excited. Yeah. I mean, I think their excitement's probably died a little no, bit. No, there's like a renewed excitement now. Yeah? Yeah. All right. I'm excited. You know that scene in Swingers where they decide to go to <laughs> Vegas and they're really happy about <laughs> yeah. really pumped and then about, it comes to them in the car about 20 minutes later and they're just like, yeah, yeah, Vegas, Vegas. Yeah, but just think, they will have had Christmas, like presents and like fed up of opening stuff now and then there's a little gap and you think oh, I could do with a present and along comes the fancy. Daniel uh, Dearden long time listener of the pod he asked from Twitter he says what was your shittest Xmas present that's a bit of a downer isn't it <laughs> what was your best Christmas present like? I got a box of beer from uh, the Windy Brewery what? my oh, parents awesome. bought me which I thought was awesome oh, how was the beer very good good beer yeah it's local to them where's well, it from so, well, Somerset, Somerset way Somerset, yeah. West Country way yeah I don't know that Very one. nice. Where does your nice nickname name. Windy come from? Windy Miller was a TV character in the uh, 60s or 70s. The little character you had Campbell on top. Trumps him, yeah, yeah. Cam- Campbell Green, sorry, yeah. That's a bit right. of a strange... I know, it came from school. I think it was on an advert when we were in, in high school and everyone started calling me Windy. And that was that? It stuck. It's nothing to do with flat chance, then? No, <laughs> no. Um, no, that was unrelated. <laughs> <laughs> Should we move on to the football? So we've just come back from the pub... 
Um, we watched Spurs draw one all with Everton. It's the first time we've ever recorded on a Sunday as well, by the yeah, way. And breaking I'm, new ground. I was just so glad that we didn't lose because yeah. I, I just want to go home. Yeah. And the thought of us, because towards the end of the game, we could have conceded. They they came on top. And um, I think we did, did actually defend well in areas where it could have gone either way. I mean, a lot of those challenges, certainly the one when Lukaku went through. Mm. Alex, you were screaming for him to, to take him down. And we was like, what? what <laughs> Get him out! Take him out! And you're like, no, no, don't take him out. You don't... That's, you that's would, not, you would have lost out... Was it out of error? It doesn't matter, does it? Because I'm not on the sideline. We'd have lost him for three games. Yeah. And it wasn't even really... It was a decent yeah. chance. But it was yeah, I told you, but this is how I've been brought up. If it's... You, you take if you can't get the ball, don't don't get mugged off. You take take the man. I'm so glad three games ahead. No, I wasn't. Very much living in the moment. In the pub. To be fair, yeah. I mean, I get. He's got his coaching badges as well. it's true. It's a bit of a worry. You've got what? Never let him near a children's football match. I tell you what, I was a good kids coach. I went from under. Took a team from under 11s up to under 15s. How much of that got was relegated about twice? The cro- <laughs> <laughs> How much of that was about the crop of players that you had? Oh, no, we had awful. No, because the village that I was in was just full of dregs. Like it was just the team that came to you that couldn't, they couldn't get into any of the other teams. So and you, and you uh, managed to get them what? Get relegated. Uh, yeah, we got. <laughs> there was actually relegation. Yeah, yeah. But but there was uh, there was the odd game where you just sneak a one 0 win and you're on the pitch screaming and swearing. It's. Uh, I dread to think. I couldn't. I mean, you was animated in the pub. It's a good game, though, wasn't it? It was. It was end to end. It was. It for was intense. A, for a neutral, it was a fantastic game mm. of football. Yeah, I mean, it was. I was. I was. I wasn't surprised. I was surprised that Everton aren't doing better than they are actually, because they've got some technically brilliant players, dangerous players. Lukaku was a fawn in our side. Mm. To use a cliche for the entire game. I thought he played brilliantly, even though for the first half we dominated, but. The only glimpses that he had was when he got the ball in the final third or t- around the halfway line and kind of really held the ball up well, you know, found players. that The goal against Lennon, in my opinion, was pretty much unavoidable. It was perfect for them. Um, that ball, I can't remember who played the ball Cleverly. over. Cleverly yeah. played the ball <clears throat> over. Lukaku does what he, he's born to do and, 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 and lays up Lennon and Lennon finished brilliantly. I think you, you, you popped out of the pub at half-time. Um, but Carragher was laying into Vertonghen for turning his back on the shot. He said Vertonghen should want the ball to hit him. And when when you see the replay again, Vertonghen's he could be more brave and he might block it. Really? Do you think he was worried about the ball hitting him? Um, well, he didn't spread himself to exa- that's the exactly shot. He did turn yeah, his back. But the, this is the, these cliches get on my wick because <laughs> he might have made a mistake. He might have been out of position. He might have shaped his body wrong. But mm. to say he was afraid, but it's quite a lazy way to talk about. Yeah. Carragher and Batongan are polar opposites in terms of how they defend. Carragher was all about throwing his putting his body on the line, blocking things, committing to challenges, and Batongan's. Not like that. He's he's more about what he does on the ball, reads the game, nips in, intercepts, and then plays the ball out from the back. So it's quite interesting to see Carragher's take on it. Yeah, I think sometimes they they've got to they feel like they have to be nailing something, uh, someone for something. I think they're from the school that all goals are avoidable. Mm. But the thing that annoyed me about that goal was Ericsson losing the ball cheaply in their own half, and that's where the move stemmed from. So um, I kind of blame Wong for that. Was the, the ball into him wasn't great. Yeah. What? What? Uh, I mean, it was a great first half though. From it Spurs. was. Mm. It's probably among the best performances we've had for forty-five minutes this season. I mean, we've had some great ones, but that was especially it, away from home in, in in a place where 
we don't always do particularly well, particularly in first half. Like so, I said, we are uh, unbeaten in seven against Evan. Yeah, but we don't, we've had some dodgy finishings, finishes to those to those games, particularly up there. And I think um, I was really impressed the way we really we took it to them straight away, away away from home. And in a team that I know they just lost 4-3 to Stoke, but had scored plenty of goals, they've got a striker in, in really good form. I was mm. impressed. And I think considering it's at the end of um, <clears throat> a busy Christmas period as well, and we did show a lot of energy in the first half. But I think also, in the same token... We did run out of steam in the second half, and I think after the 75th minute, I think we were kind of looking at settling for that draw. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but let's concentrate on the first half. First, the, you had uh, Kane hitting the post, which oh, was a great shot. It was yeah. amazing because he sort of st- almost struck it lazily. Yeah. It was kind of all finesse. It, all the power in that was the way he struck the ball. Mm. Yeah. And I thought it was in. I thought it was in all of the way. And I couldn't believe when it didn't go in and it hit the post and, and came across. It was massively unlucky. Yeah, then Ben Davis hit, hit the bar as well. But the difference between Kane and Vardy was shown of that shot right there. Every time Vardy's on a one with the keeper, he'll always blast it every single time. But Kane's all about precision and technique. So the ball is like, it's like, it's like it's hitting the ball harder than he actually is. Because yeah. I thought he's just P-rolled it here. And when you look at the replay, it's actually travelling at quite a speed. Mm. But no, we were all over him in the first half. And that goal, <clears> goal <throat> that Lennon scored and knocked a lot of um, the stuffing out of us, I felt, for a good few minutes. That cane strike is kind of his trademark now. Get it out of his feet quickly, hit it low towards the corner. And that was the goal he scored against Norwich as well, from that angle. Yeah. That was a fantastic finish. That he it did something Norwich. similar against West Ham. Yeah. 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 Uh, this one was so unlucky. And the way it came back off the post, it looked like it was going to go in off the post as well. I mean, it must be a matter of millimetres yeah. between that going in or not. You're right, actually, because it's funny enough, I, I sat on YouTube the other day when I was a bit bored and watched uh, all of Kane's goals over the last... Uh, 12 month because obviously he hit that he beat the record didn't he over Sheringham's record of, of uh, the goals in that 12 month period calendar year sorry um, and you can see you're absolutely right but that's it's almost evolved that shot where it was it was one of those things where if it came to his feet quickly it was almost like a snapshot and it's actually evolved into something that he's purposefully taking a time to think about I think well that's what I'm going to do if I get it in this position or get it to my feet in this position that's exactly what I'm going to do and it's uh, it's nice to see well he's gone from a player that people talked about as like Bambi on ice to mm. having technique up there with the very best players in the world I think that shot but and obviously it didn't go in but as Woody says I think it shows mm. how different he I mean we've talked about it a thousand times but just how different than anyone ever thought he would be even the people that would have known him you know such as yourself Wendy would have seen a lot more of him than others and knew that he wasn't just a big target man that sticks up there that you just love the ball forward to he's even changed from from what we thought he was last year. Yeah, he's definitely developed, mm. 100%. Uh, and then, you obviously, you had the, the shot that you mentioned, T, ben from Davis. Ben Davies, which, brilliant, again, a brilliant strike. Surprised to see him, to a certain extent, in that... Set. It was a corner, wasn't it? Oh, was that why? Yeah, oh, right, and okay, it was nice, right, actually, yeah. to see a corner, a, a bit of imagination from a corner, mm. when playing it out near to the box and getting a shot away. Absolutely. That's something that Burnley do quite a lot. I've seen my uncle's a Burnley fan, so I've seen quite a bit of them, and they tend to do that move fairly often, where someone steps over the ball and then there's someone there to ping a shot from the edge of the box, and it's given them a few goals. So it's yeah. something we should try. It and looked make. like shooting from range was a, was a pre, yeah, pre-play. yeah, because yeah. there are loads of shots coming in from range. Mm. But um, well, we've not talked about the goal from Deli Alley's. No, another absolutely. amazing goal. Um, Alder Rearold of the same assist as he did against uh, West Brom. Just, just brilliant, and he actually got man of the match, didn't he? I thought the second half he tailed off a bit, but it was a very good goal and well timed. I'd well probably, probably given Alderweireld the man of the match. Yeah, I think but I, I think I would have as well. Yeah, but 
I mean, you can't. He, the first half, Deli Ali was absolutely yeah. superb. He just tailed off a little bit. Him playing in that further forward position as well is. Um, I, I wasn't sure when yeah, that happened. Yeah, I really wasn't. But he's really grown it, and you can see why. Against certain, te- against teams that play a bit of football, i.e., the Everton's, the Swansea's of this world, that type, that type of thing, you can see why Pochettino is so keen to get him in, in into that three behind. I think that he thinks that's he's going to be his natural position, mm. number ten. I really like it, and, and the goal was an example when he comes off the left flank mm. and attacks that corner of the box, cutting on his right foot, and that's worked well in a, in a few matches now. Um, and I think that could potentially be a position for him if if Ericsson were to find form again. And because Ericsson obviously prefers to play in the centre, has been playing on the left. But if we were to play Ericsson in the centre and Ali on the left, that could be a, a good, a viable option as well. Yeah. For all the criticism we've had of Ericsson, or I have certainly, <clears throat> um, I think he's actually had a decent festive period. Um, who is it? He played Southampton. I know we we didn't actually talk about it much on the pod. We have reviewed that game, but <laughs> I thought he was superb against them. I thought he was inventive. Uh, do you know what it is? He's, he, because of his game, I'm not going to talk too much about him, but, yeah. but because of his game, it's such a low percentage. He's basically ha- been asked to do stuff that's very, very mm. difficult. And as all nu- decent number 10s are. Mm. Um, so he's trying to pull off passes. And he was a couple of inches short of, of, a, of a, a few key passes against uh, Everton. And um, I, I've been... I, I'm, I, you know, I, 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 if Ericsson had been playing this way for the whole season, I wouldn't have said what I did. I think, I think, um, I think that sums it up with Ericsson. I, th- I think it's quite fine margins with him, isn't it? All it takes, it might only take <coughs> one free kick. Which there was a free kick today, which I was quite surprised that was it uh, Lamella that took yeah. it instead of instead of Ericsson. And you I think, think he was just? I think I, I was a bit annoyed at that. Yeah, but I think it's one of those things that you know that goes in and suddenly you know those number ten they tend to be confidence players, don't they? Because it, it's all it's all designed on creativity and that type of thing. But. Um, I just want to. Say, I, I wanted to mention something about today's game. Where I thought Tom Carroll, I thought stepped up and did and did really well. I think for, for the amount of games that he started and where he is in his for six, Tottenham career six, and a game that was important as it was, I think today, I, I thought he did really well. I was worried about Carroll playing today, um, and I, I've seen a fair bit of Carroll. I know I know what his qualities are, and I, but I also know what his weaknesses are. And I was concerned. And I, I tweeted something at half-time about how well he'd knitted things together for us, and I thought he did that job really nicely. Just What's so underrated about Carroll's game is he just... He's, a lot of his passes are one-and-two-touch passes, mm. which people don't realise how much of an impact that has on the game around you because it just opens space up so yeah. that bit more quickly. And he did that really, really, really well, and he tried to play uh, forward passes quite often, which was good, and he set up all <coughs> the chances, which was good. But then he faded horribly in the second half. Did, and yeah. on about 60, 65 minutes, Pochettino had to take him off. He, he needed to come off. There was a sub. It was crying out for Bentaleb to come on and steady the ship in midfield. And Martinez, who I don't really think has done that well this season as a, as a manager for Everton in terms of his subs, but he, he made the changes that changed the game for them. De Feu and Besic came on, were really positive and completely controlled the most of the second half. And I thought thought Pochettino was lacking a little bit there. I think they're easy, they're easy subs to make, though, aren't they? Do you know what I mean with people like Danilo and Besic? I think I think that's quite obvious, a brave, but quite obvious subs to make. I thought what I really like about Carroll is I think he keeps he can keep things ticking over. It's uh, reading when you look at interviews with people like Roy Keane and 
not so much Stephen Gerrard, but Stephen Gerrard to an extent, but those kind of type of midfielders where they stress that importance of being able to control or have an influence on the tempo of the game, when to speed things up, when to slow things down. And I genuinely think he's got that. And I think when, particularly during that, uh, in the first half, towards the latter stage of the first half, where we needed that pace to be kept at a high high tempo for us to try and get back in the game, I, I thought he was key to that. But you're right, he, he faded badly and, and needed to come off. But there's, there's been a lot of criticism. Actually, the only bit of criticism <coughs> towards Pochettino this season that I've seen is about his substitutions. What, what do you think about that? Is that a genuine concern at all? Or? I don't. I don't agree with it myself. Hit and miss. I mean, he, he has made match changing like, like most. Yeah. Like most subs are. Yeah. Sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And that's that's always going to be the case. I mean, you can have as much insight and as much tactical awareness as you like, but you have to remember that there's another coach opposite you who can make similar changes to respond to the changes that you make. So you might have the best intentions and they're instantly counteracted by your opposition coach. I mean, today I've, I felt like he his subs were poor. I really... I've, I, Chadley actually did okay. I was worried when Chadley was gonna, was coming on because he in his last appearance he looked really unfit and he always takes time to come back into the rhythm of games once he's been out injured. Um, so I was concerned that he actually did okay. Son, surprisingly, again, just his touch was so loose, so loose. Whereas Onoma was a really positive influence but only got five minutes and maybe he should have been the first one on rather than the last one on. Yeah. But, I, think, but, I mean, it's crying out for Ben I think the biggest thing was that he didn't identify that Carroll had faded massively and mm. Carroll nearly cost us a goal by that very weak, tame header. I don't want to focus too much on Carroll being poor in the final 20 minutes because it's just a bit harsh. You know, he's just come into the team. You shouldn't expect the world from him. Um, Pochettino obviously trusts him and because of that, I trust him mm. because he's pro- proven again and again that he knows when players are good enough for that first team. So I don't doubt that Carroll is ready, although he did he did fade and it was a bit surprising that he played 90 minutes. I think a lot of players faded, to be fair. Yeah. It wasn't just him. Um, Eric Dyer had a bit of an off game today. It wasn't, it wasn't in any way great today. But um, I think for, since the Southampton game, it's 10 points out of 12. I think that's the most in the league. So they've gained points on every single team. I think Arsenal got one point less than... Yeah, but a, mm. but a form team over... Well, fewer... <laughs> Then we did. Form team over the last four games, yeah. Yeah, top. so, um, I mean, our unbeaten one, a lot of the criticism was we drew so many games, and we were asked that a few times when we asked for questions for the podcast, but, you know, we've won, we won three games out of three over the Christmas period, and we haven't had any extra injuries. I think we've really got to, we've got to look on the bright side of this. I mean, it's Everton, our team, I feel we have the beat of. I think we're a better team than them. And, um, but they've got good enough players to to, to, to win on their day they against have anyone. Good, they have good individuals, but I don't think they're a great team. No, and I don't rate Martinez at all. And um, maybe if we hadn't had those three games quick, in quick succession before, we might have had more in the tank in the second half to have done them. But Do you think Martinez is kind of hamstrung a little bit because he knows he's got such a powerful forward who really can do everything if you pump the ball at him? You know, he's probably the best in the league at doing that, him and Benteke. Right, right now, yeah, but I think um, in so, terms of defending the lead, I think he's a bit... No, no, absolutely, yeah. but what I'm saying is that what he wants to play passing football. He wants yeah. to play <clears throat> passing football, and that's the kind of manager he is. Um, but with that asset at your disposal, it must be difficult, because he wants to play this way, but the most effective thing would to be play it long to Lukaku, as you saw with a goal... Yeah, he's, he's, he's almost impossible to. I think that's probably why you're maybe seeing Coney shoehorned in into some of their um, some of their starting lineups. But I think 
<clears throat> I, I think where there is a difference between that is that Everton can't... How do they pay from 30 million in the end? Yeah, about that. Everton can't pay 30 million quid and then not start. I mean, Bill Cameron would be... If that, that player wasn't started, that was you know, the biggest statement he could have ever done. I'm no, but I think what you're saying, in terms of being hum, hamstrung, yeah. I think that's probably part of it. He's probably the wrong manager for Lukaku. But I'm saying that he's in the form of, probably the form of his life at the minute. What they do, Lukaku. Sam Allardyce being the perfect manager. <laughs> yeah. But they're getting the ball into him very early, <clears> and, <throat> he's, and he's and he's succeeded as a result of that. A lot of the goals he gets are from are from early crosses, the crosses to the far post. Um, we're lucky we had two tall fullbacks today, mm. so that wasn't going to work that well. But a lot of the goals he gets are jumping in the right back or left back's back and, and mm. getting in there. Would you say just to end this? Do you say it was a fair result? Yes. Based on the last 20, 15, 20 minutes, probably, yeah. I, I, at half-time, I mean, we all probably were thinking the same thing. As, if, how, have we, how have we gone in even level at this point, yeah. you know, just mm. from the performance? But I think, yeah, just from that last 15, 20 minutes, I think that's probably where having a Lukaku and that type of thing probably benefited, benefited them the last, um, that last period of the game. But, yeah, I think so. It's not a bad result either, ever, uh, no, draw Everton away. I, I, I know I, they just I, lost to Stoke, but... You know, that was with a. I mean, I'm not sure Shakiri meant that goal either. You know, it's 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 a freaky game, yeah. And this is a game. You know, I've said it loads of times. Millions of people have said it. A game of inches, and those two, two, two uh, shots that hit the woodwork that have gone in. Would have been yeah, sticks you two nil up. At, you know, yeah. probably before half time, and it's a completely different day. Ali, I'm just quick. And we didn't. We talked about Alderweireld in in Ali's blurb, but he's fucking finished. I mean, I, I've mm. got to admit, I thought that we had a good, an excellent prospect. I didn't realise that we've got. And almost finished Premier League. He's uh, unbelievable. He is. A nineteen-year-old. So where's where's? Because I thought what he's doing now is what you'd expect from a very good uh, midfielder in in the Premier League. But where is he going to go? What is he going to become? But I think he's very fortunate in the that he's playing under Pochettino, and Pochettino is is. I don't know. I'm not saying he's building a team around him, but he's certainly making the team moulded into, a, into a, a type of team where someone like Ali would flourish. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's I think that's a big part of it. I think if you were to stick him in a, you know, in a Chelsea eleven, I don't know whether it would work the same way, you know? it's uh, Yeah, he's the right manager for him. Mm. He's the right manager for all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I just, just concurred with that, yeah. I mean, that's, um, I think he's the right manager for him. But he scored 16 goals from midfield from MK Dons, so maybe him being pushed up is probably... A nod to that, and he played a little bit deeper for MK Dons. I think, if I if I remember rightly, not quite as like, behind the three. I mean, they don't play the same situations, but he certainly had a, a bit more responsibility at uh, MK Dons as well, and still managed. You to can do see that. him crossing the point and heading it in himself, couldn't you? Is that kind yeah, of player, yeah. Is that kind of player, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I was a little bit worried when he was taken out of that midfield and then put into number ten or whatever. I like, attacking role. I, I thought we've got defensively weaker for that. Um, but it's just the benefits of it are kind of outweigh the negatives. And he's, he must be so difficult to play against because mm. his ability to find space and run beyond the defender, it's just it's such a dangerous thing and difficult thing. for And, you, and sometimes you don't see because the ball won't get to him. But he's, pulled, pulled, uh, he's made a defender think yeah. in the most simplest <clears> terms <throat> or he's pulled defenders out of place which allow Kane the room that he's, he's benefited from. Midfielders that carry the ball... Uh, and are able to. That's why Dembele, now he's actually doing it. You know, being able to carry b- the ball past that one, two players, or even into into dangerous space, it, it gives other players around them so much more options, or so many more options, sorry, I should say, and and more opportunity to do other things in their own game. Which is why it's so important, difficult to play against him because it's not just him you have to think about. You have to think about what he's doing 
for other players that you then have to be mindful of as well as a defender is, uh, yeah, a fantastic, fantastic find. Incredible. And away he finished. Oh, Take that on the chest. Diag on the chest. His face volley. looks like he knows. He's like, what? He, Every day I do this. Yeah. We're talking about his face. It looks like he shouldn't be at anywhere near any kind of grown-up employment. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's just it, brilliant. Baby, baby the, assassin. To hmm. take it on the chest, and, and and it wasn't even a flush hit of the ball. He got enough on it to put it past uh, Tim Howard. But he kind of hit it at the end of his foot, and it's still a great, great finish. It Knowing just, not to let it bounce and not to let it drop. It's his yeah. instincts, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and he's kind of, he has the kind of inbuilt quality to pull off such an instinctual manoeuvre. All right, uh, that's pretty much it for Everton. He's thinking he nailed it, really. Yeah. It's weird doing a review sh- this soon after a game. I mean, we've talked it's a, a lot, lot about we've talked a, about like sitting back and rationalising things and that type of stuff. Imagine if we had lost. Yeah, that would have been horrible. <laughs> it's a lot easier doing it straight after the yeah, game. Yeah, it's uh, um, because by Monday lunchtime, I've kind of forgotten everything that's yeah. happened, and then you kind of just flash moments. I'd have just kept mentioning. Balls hitting posts. But yeah, I mean, talking about going back, we haven't recorded since we played Norwich and Watford. The Norwich game, you were particularly impressive, wasn't you? Yeah, loved it. I thought we were really good against Norwich. That was one of my favourite performances of the season where the whole team had their tails up, just wave after wave of attack. Um, Lamella was fantastic. Kane and Ali both played really well, and Alderweireld was immaculate again. Um, Kane's goal was glorious that shift and shoot from the angle and then Carroll's goal was an absolute beauty as well not just because of his finish but because there was a little first time passing move between Davies and Son um, beforehand where they got the ball to Carroll in a good area and he just picked out the corner fantastically so I was, I was really impressed with the Norwich game. Davies' form has been excellent recently. Mm-hmm. Well. Impressive yeah. Uh, given uh, kind of compounded by Rose's almost diabolical performance at times <laughs> against Watford I thought he was horrendous. He did have a bad game. Yeah. I, mean, I love Danny Rose. Like Last year was my favourite player, yeah. probably. I think there are reasons for that poor performance, though. Um, I mean, obviously, you know something. <laughs> well, so against Watford, we Pochettino played a bit of a curveball. He, he played three at the back, which was completely unexpected <laughs> by pretty much everyone. I don't think we've seen Pochettino use three at the back for more than a few minutes in a, in a match when he's chasing a game. How did you think it worked out? Um, it, I mean, def- from a defensive viewpoint, it worked really well. I mm. thought we kept Igalo and Dini quiet. So Dyer just slotted him into that position where he quite naturally takes up anyway when we're playing um, with the back four. But he stayed there and he was flanked by Vertonghen and Alderweireld. And it worked, it worked well. We had an extra man when we were defending against the two. Unfortunately, their goal came when it was a one-on-one situation with Dyer and he didn't do as well as he could have done, but Igalo did get a kind of a lucky no, bounce. Not the yeah. Yeah, and Hugo could have come and given him support. Vertonghen could have covered round also. This is a challenge that uh, Loris is built for. I mean, it's kind of instinctually that's what he does. He charges the ball. Yeah, it's when he stood. I think it was because the the speed of that deflection and the fact that it almost hit that almost the outside of Dyer's leg back Mm. off Igalos through Dyer's legs. I I think it was it was milliseconds, and and you know you have that split second decision. I was really impressed with the with the with the switching formation. I thought again, like you say, it was it was. Something that I would never have expected, but the fact that Watford almost do play a four-four-two, mm. um, it's nice. I, I like the fact that he was able to go. All right, well, there's something different here. You know, these are two players, Dini and, and Agüero, that are banging form. Let's let's mix Dare it up I and try and deal with it. This was Pochettino adapting when he's one well, of people the moan that we don't get a plan B. And 
Well, this was just another plan A. Yeah. <laughs> but my thought, my first thought was, when did he have time to train the players to, to play that way? Is that something they've been training from the off? They've had it in their locker? Perhaps he knew that the Watford game was coming, he knew yeah. what he wanted, and he spent the month beforehand just peppering that... That, that three at the back. You'd yeah. like to think... Yeah. It's got to be. Yeah, he, exactly. he gets paid like a million pounds a year. He's got to somehow <laughs> some foresight when they're playing Watford. <laughs> yeah, and they have analysts as well that look at teams they're playing against yeah. and, and make suggestions as well. But Trippier had his best game for Spurs yeah. by a million miles, and it's probably, in my opinion, because he had that freedom with Alderweireld covering him behind him. That is that must be wonderful for any player to know they've got. Toby behind them, he's got their back. They can just bomb on, put crosses into the box. And he was so effective. I mean, the, the, the winning goal, OK, it was offside, but Trippier put in two good balls there. And to get it straight back in quickly for the second one, that was intelligent play from Trippier. Yeah. And, and the <coughs> technique, te- technique to do it was impressive. It's one of the few things we knew about Trippier before he joined. Yeah. yeah, there can't be any coincidence that that's the game that we've seen the most of it in. Absolutely. And, do you think... Go on. I was going to say it's quite nice that Trippier and Walker are really quite different in their styles. I mean, they both like to get forward, but Trippier's very much early ball into the box, high, head height. Walker is nearly always passing into the box. He's a cutback player. He doesn't mm. just toss, toss balls in like Trippier. So it's quite nice to have that variation in, in full-backs. I was terrified when Trippier <laughs> started. I, I am so, ter- uh, terrified yeah. by him. Not because he's a bad player. I just think he's physically at a disadvantage. He is almost tiny. Always. Yeah. I think actually we did actually. He, he we, uh, the goal was conceded. He by, slipped. I don't know whether he missed the jump or he slipped. It was it was Dini made it across. Dini was clever though. He pulled on Trippier purposefully. Mm. He realised that we were playing three at the back and thought, well, hold on, I'm going to pull myself onto the smallest player along this mm. back five almost. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but it was great. It was great to see to see him so involved. And our fullbacks are so important. They're so important. All of our whip really comes from fullbacks. Certainly. You know, in terms of the middle of the of the field, where you're looking to spread the ball, and you've essentially got four that you can rely on, and I'm hoping that the Trippier is one of those. Well, yeah, I think um, the front six, in particular, of our team are quite slow, so it's good to have a bit of pace among our four backs. Um, I think the Watford game will give them a lot of confidence. In, in games in games gone by, it looked like he looked a bit lost out there. I think the fact they contributed to the win with with the cross and the performance overall, I think he'll come away with a bit of confidence. And the Leicester game will probably be a game, the Leicester Cup game, so it'll be a game mm. where he'll probably play a big part. It was a fantastic win to see. Just, oh. There's nothing better than a last-minute win. Yeah. Especially when, to be fair, the last ten minutes was as tense as I've had it as a Spurs mm. fan. It was horrendous. It was, it was good. They're, 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 thumping the table, kind the, of. The, the corner nearly went over the line. Oh my, I nearly had a heart attack. The, the, the and fun- it was as close... It was mental. It was a like technology. That would have been. Oh cool. yeah, absolutely. it was an absolute world class save for him to claw to, yeah. to, to get that away and then to break away and score. And the Watford fans' reactions on Twitter was yeah. it was just made it all the sweeter. Did you not think um, when that when that goal went in? Um, it was afterwards. I mean, you go mental and the rest of it. But when I sat down and then thought of what we just. Achieve. I know it's Watford, and you know it's playing well. It's, and, not, and it's not, not Watford. Or good no, team. but I know what you mean. But if you were just to look at it on paper without knowing anything else, you look at Watford away. You know, all right, you get a last minute. But it was just the, the way it went about, it and the fact that it was so quick from and from class. that situation. Yeah, it. I, I must admit, I sat down on my sofa and thought, "Did you cry again?" No, but <laughs> I was like, you know what? 
We're going to win the league. We can win this league. <laughs> 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 this, this is our titles of one. <laughs> I know I said that about eight times today, but titles of one on these, uh, yeah. these days. It shows a certain steel that we have in mm. our team. Even yeah. today, um, I've probably said this about a thousand times this season, but we might have lost, to get, I've lost today's game because... Um, with the Barkley late chance and the Lukaku late chance, maybe those might have gone in. But I think we showed that we made it difficult. I mean, Walker made it difficult for Barkley, and Lukaku made it difficult for him. And we're just a team who just fights for each other. And mm. the Watford game is an example. Of that. Even the celebrations after, which we've all seen all the, all the videos, yeah. of, it just shows that the team feel the same way. That there's a belief in this team. If mm. you if you needed further proof about a togetherness at Tottenham, that celebration with the fans, yeah, and you can watch it. You mentioned it to you. You watch. That celebration, and you see something new every single time. There's a smile a, on your face when you're talking about I, it now. I, it's, it's just, <laughs> I'm, in my head, I'm, it's playing yeah, over. Yeah. It's just an amazing thing. And it, it shows that it isn't necessarily about having a world-class team. It's actually, there's, there's something more about following a football club than having Gareth Bale at your club. Mm. And well, we've got a new Gareth Bale with Ben Davis keeps hitting shots, shots like that. Like that yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I actually shouted that in the pub. Yeah, you, did, you did it it's quite high pitched as well, which is uh, all of my shouts are high pitched, <laughs> all of them. All right, I mean, just to sum up this this festive period, it's been been excellent. It's better. It's probably better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I probably would have. I wouldn't have taken a draw against Everton, but as the game panned out, I was I'm happy with that. Norwich, I expected us to win. I didn't expect us to win as comfortably as we did. And Watford, it was, it was a 50-50. We, we won. Mm. And a fantastic piece of ingenuity from Son. So you can't really complain. It's fine. I'd give it an A. An A? Yeah, not an A+, plus, but an A. No, yeah. we would have won today, it would have been an A+. Plus. Yeah. yeah. All right, so, oh, Wendy, have you done your update? I have, yeah. Oh, you sent it over? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good boy. Hi, Windy here with the first youth update of 2016, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off with a bit of a roundup of the loanees. Firstly, Kenny McAvoy has negotiated a release from Spurs. He's likely to join York City, where he's been on loan for the last month or so. Their manager, Jackie McNamara, has said that he'd like to sign uh, McAvoy permanently. He said he's been out of the team for the last two or three games because of the form of others, but we changed things around in the second half at Yeovil and he brought an injection of pace. McAvoy's always been a player who never quite looked to have the required quality to me, but a hard worker nonetheless, and from what I heard, a really nice lad, so I wish him well for, for his future. Grant Ward played in all of Rotherham's matches over the Christmas period. He scored against Bolton on Boxing Day. He's moved from central midfield now to the right, and in doing that he started their last 14 matches, playing the full 90 minutes in all but one. Their manager, Neil Redfern, has said that he's keen to extend Ward's loan to the end of the season because it ends in January as it stands. Their fans, judging from the Twitter response, seem very happy with him. Dominic Ball has found himself on the bench for Rangers recently, having put together a previous run of seven consecutive league games, mostly at centre-back but playing once in holding midfield. And Nathan Odewa didn't see any action over Christmas and has yet to nail down a first-team place for Rangers. I did spot an interesting article, though, on the website called therangersreport.com, 
which highlighted the impact that Ottawa's had in terms of his secondary assists, which is basically the last touch prior to the assist. That article is well worth a read. Christian Magoma has yet to make his league debut for Yeovil, but has been on the bench four times for them. His loan's due to end in January, so it'll be interesting to see if that one's extended. And finally, DeAndre Yedlin has played 18 minutes for Sunderland over the Christmas period. Reading the Ready to Go forum, which is the big Sunderland forum, there are some very mixed reviews of him. Uh, some fans simply don't think he's good enough. Others want the loan cancelled, whereas some are sort of putting him in their teams for the next fixture, saying that he should he should play more. Moving on to the youth teams, the under-18s are back in action next weekend against Chelsea after a winter break. And the under-21s play Manchester United on Monday the 4th at 7pm. That's on MUTV if you hear this in time. Then we're back at the Lamex in Stevenage on Monday the 11th against Chelsea. The under-21s beat Porto 4-0 in the Premier League International Cup just before Christmas. There were two goals from Shaq Hallthurst and a goal apiece for Anton Walks and Emmanuel Sanupe. That match was played at Stevenage and Spurs are now top in the final group standings. Yuko Ekiog said after the match, Porto are a very dangerous side, but in the end we've got the better of them with our precision, our directness, our football and our organisation. Yugo picked out a couple of players post-match, and one of those was Emmanuel Sanupe, who he said has been a bit unlucky not to start the game with the way he's trained and the impact that he's made in games, but again I'm pleased to see him score and he really wanted to get his goal. Sanupe has been, I guess, a bit of a victim of Andros Townsend coming into the under-21 team. Townsend's been there, I guess, as a fitness exercise to keep himself ready um, were he to move in January. And the likes of Sanupe and Georgiou have had less playing time as a result of that. The club also announced that goalkeeper Tom Glover, right-back Kyle Walker-Peters and striker Shane Harrison have signed new contracts until 2018, which is great news in all cases. I would imagine that all three of them will be looking for loan moves over the next 6 to 18 months in a bid to get some league football under their belts. Actually, uh, Jackie McNamara, the York City manager, also mentioned in that interview I was um, quoting from earlier that York will be looking for a right-back in January. So you never know, perhaps Kyle Walker-Peters will pop up at York at some point. That's it for this week. If you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter, at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. <laughs> Thanks, Wendy. Cheers. Well done, Wendy. Yeah, well done. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was just because obviously we recorded after the game. Dan Kilpatrick, who does the Tottenham way, he's got this uh, new job at ESPN at reporting on all Spurs games. And he's just tweeted, I think it's his first uh, piece. Um, I haven't actually seen the byline yet, but I'm assuming because of the fact that he's retweeted it. It is. Anyway, he, he had an interest, he, he quoted an interesting. Um, soundbite from Pochettino uh, talking about his disappointment at not winning the game thought we were better but interesting um, he said the changing room is a little bit down a little bit sad because our expectation was to try and win the game it was important but we need to congratulate the players he added and he mentioned music not being played in, in the changing room after the game and, and, and what not and doesn't that show what kind of club we have at the moment and the, the kind of spirit in that dressing room when they're disappointed with that game. And as fans, we're much harsher about our team's performances. Not necessarily here on the fighting cock, but generally most fans are. Mm. Um, the, the, the players are probably more disappointed about that result than, than we are. It's brilliant to see, because I think we've just said, you know, 
draw fair result. I think most of us probably walked away from that thinking, you know what, that's not actually a bad result. The fact that they are, well, for fuck's sake, we should be winning that. Yeah, is <laughs> is great. And I've I've just seen that Toby's come out with with something very similar as well. You know, it's what's he said? Just disappointed with a draw. You know, we we felt that we were going to go on and win that game. They want to win this league. The confidence that they have, obviously, in, in themselves in the last 10, 15, 20 minutes to go on and push and, and win a game is really nice to hear as well. What do you think about Townsend being nowhere near the first team now? I mean, I know he, he had a substitute. He was on the bench one game, maybe three or four games ago. But I might even be wrong there. But he's kind of nowhere near it. And it's that, that fallout seems to have really... Hurt him. He turned up for under twenty ones the other day, didn't he? And played. Yeah, he's been playing the last few for under twenty ones. Which like... shows something about him as a character as well. Yeah, to yeah. Be fair. Yeah. Um, but you've got nothing to add. Well, yeah. I think he's got further away now. Chadley's back as well. Yeah. Onimar's overtaken him, so he's got Onimar, Chadley, Son all ahead of him. I just can't see. I mean, he has to move on, basically. Yeah, I think. Just... Sorry, T. Go on. I was going to say with the Euros in the summer that he will need to move on. Yeah, for the sake of that. I think Pochettino is probably quite a straight. It seems as if he's quite upfront about you know how he wants to play, who he wants, what what he wants certain people to do. And if Townsend isn't in his plans, I imagine he would have turned around and said, "Look, you know, we're going to be looking to move you on in January. You know, try and get as ready as you can for your next club." Transfer window is coming up, and he looks like a player that is probably out on his way out. Um, it's a shame for us because his dad comes on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a shame for him because I always thought that he probably had it in him to do well at Spurs, but for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out for one particular reason, to be fair. But, but it's it, also a shame for the club as well because of how you know how much emphasis and how much you know, joy might be a strong word, but maybe not. Of, of, we've seen of these young players come, coming through. You know, After Tom Carroll's goal against um, Norwich, they were waxing lyrical about... you know. The, the Carrolls and the Canes and the Ben Tebbs' word of who's come through and, and Townsend wasn't on that little list of five that they were talking about and it seems really strange that he isn't because of the meteoric rise that he had particularly with England as well and it's a shame for the club that it hasn't worked out I think you know it's, it's and this is something that's been that people are aware of now hmm. across British football what's happening at Spurs and how rare a thing that is I was on I had a was invited to come on to um, Jason Cundy's and Andy Goldstein's show to talk about where Spurs were at after the Watford game. And one of the things they brought up was the fact that how is it following a football club that brings players through the academy, particularly English players? And he reeled off a list, Jason Cundy did, of these these players um, and didn't include Walker and Townsend. Walker, because he didn't play, Trippier did. But he didn't mention Townsend. And you think that it's like there's six or seven that could start mm. any game. And Townsend, if he hadn't had that bus stop, bus stop, bus mm. up, could have started, you know, mm. he could be in contention that first team, first 11, certainly. But it looks like he is out, he's on his way out. Is there any other players you'd expect to leave? Vimmer, I think. Vimmer? On loan, well, on loan, yeah, 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 maybe. Yeah. He, he, he against Arsenal. Look, was I, like, I like what I've seen of Vimmer. We haven't seen much of him, and it's and probably not, not great for him to be getting no football. Yeah. So loaning him does kind of make sense. A Premier League side or back to back to. Uh, um, I think Sunderland have been in. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be a Premier League side because he needs to get used to the pace of the league. Um, Fazio yeah. will leave, surely. Yeah, Fazio, I, I, I think yeah. Fazio and Townsend are the obvious ones. I don't think there'd be mm. many surprises. Um, the you know the elephant in the room is a striker situation. We're not going to get a striker as good as Harry Kane in. Do we get someone like? Um, do we get a good striker in Europe? Or do we get a striker who knows the league, mm. and you know will just come in and hit the ground running? Um, 
I mean, Berahino is, um, is, is, is obviously linked, but then you've got people like Alex's favourite, Shane Long, who could probably mm. fill in and do a job when Kane's injured. So maybe that's what we'll be looking at, Premier League players. We had this question from Los Simpson. says that uh, Berahino is the elephant in the room. Does his perceived attitude problems? Um, what was this question? What was his question? It's below. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Do, are we worried about his, 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 um, his attitude problems? Then? Um... I don't, I don't know. I think um, now, now we're in the ITK season, and one ITK says Pochettino doesn't, Pochettino doesn't mind. He's spoken to him, and he's knows that he's a good lad. And there's others who say Pochettino's been put off. And then we just talked about what happened with um, Andros Townsend, mm. and you know, back at Southampton, Daniel Osvaldo hit a teammate, and he got turfed. So mm. who, who knows? I think um, I think if you buy him, obviously you'll, you'll, you'll look at it as being worth the gamble. Um. The, the whole Berahino thing is, is actually it's starting to get on my tits a little bit now because uh, this whole perceived attitude problem, I don't see what he's really done. You know, he, he complained that he, wanted to, that he wanted to move away after the window shut and with, with the tweet that went out, OK, fair enough, not massively professional, but, you know, young no, kids. Not, not professional. Yeah. At but, all. But, young, but, but a young bloke... Potentially misunderstood, no? Yeah, and, and he, we don't... It. Yeah. Was, oh, I don't know about I that. Would I would never about play that. Jeremy Peace. Could have been, I would never play Jeremy Peace, as in... No, no, That was one of the interpretations. I, I think it was more of the fact... I tend to err on the side of caution with these things because there's all sorts of things that he he could have been promised one thing and then were being taken back. I don't know, but but I think the, the, the things about Berahino that have come out have all come from Tony Pulis, mm. not actually from, from Berahino. It's Tony Pulis mm. coming out saying he needs right. to kick up the arse or... You know, he, he not as good as he thinks he's and this type of stuff. And I think he just seems to be perpetuating it to try and move him, to, 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 not to maybe move him out of the club. But I, I'm not utterly convinced that he's this sudden bad boy who is just going to kick up a fuss as soon as as soon as look at him. I think the attitude problems aren't just from Pulis though, because he was on loan at Brentford, I believe, and I think the, the club captain strung him up against a wall. So he's got he's what, got a history. How did you know that? Well, ITK, people talk, isn't it? Oh, just from, like, rumours and Yeah, stuff. there's rumours that, that that's what happened. So he's, the actual problem isn't just the transfer, you know, saga. It's, he's been known, I mean, he's, he's been done for drink driving and other stuff as well, so... Scum bag. <laughs> so, you know, may, may, it's more to it than, than just that. That's that all. He's also got really fat. And I don't... It's not really, he's he's genuine, genuinely got out, uh, quite out of shape. And not just over the Christmas period. Like, he's he's been overweight for some time, which isn't great. But there are two ways of looking at it. Either... He didn't get his move, he's unsettled at the club, he's causing problems, he'll come into Spurs, be a bad apple and rub our players yeah. the wrong way. Or he'll come into a fully united club with consummate professionals and he'll realise he can't behave like that there and he'll knuckle down and he'll become the player that we think he probably can become. But, but we'll need him to hit the ground running. We can't afford to give a, have a six-month honeymoon period. That's exactly what concerns I, I, me. I personally think, uh, I think a lot of the stuff that we don't... Uh, the only stuff that we tend to know is through media and through little bits of snippets yeah, and yeah. stuff through about here. I, I think anyone of around Berahino's kind of model of what he seems to be like, of the perfect club for him and the perfect manager for him would be Tottenham and Pochettino. It would be someone that I would be willing to take a gamble on. If, if Pochettino's... If we sign him and we're happy that Pochettino's had the final say on that, then he has my utter and utmost trust at the minute. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that as well, but I think that given the season that Perrino had last year, if his attitude was correct, he'd be in that team. And he hasn't been. 
So the issue is his attitude. It has to be. There, there is no other explanation. Uh, I think there could be numerous other explanations. But his attitude as a professional footballer, you're, it's a job, ultimately. It's a job, and you're there to satisfy the customers, which are the fans. And if you can't do that because your attitude ain't right, he'd be playing. There's, he, why why like, can't it be Pulis's attitude? Pulis has done this before with other players, where he's had one side of disagreement and then a completely ostracised them. Yeah, but that's, Pochettino's done that himself. Though. Yeah, true. But what I'm saying is, if 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 it got to that point where Pochettino, then we go and make us um, make him uh, sign him, then I, I'd have no doubt in my mind because of, like you say, with the whole Osvaldo situation, he wouldn't be signing someone that would be doing that. Well, that's it. When you're spending that much money, you check out, you check things out first, and I'm sure they've got their ins into Berahino. Has an art interest in him called though? We'll find out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I think as much as as much as it could be Berahino's attitude problem, it could be Tony Pulis's because he's he's got form for this type of thing. Personally, I don't I don't want to sign him based on what's happened. I don't I I don't either because I think he is out of shape and I think he might take a bit of time to get into the kind of fitness regime that Poch expects. But also, I think there's. There are other viable alternatives as well that will probably be a bit cheaper, and yeah, they may take time to settle because they'll be coming in from abroad. But potentially, that's worth you know take take the long term approach and think what next season they'll bring rather than. You're not fussed about the money side of things, though, really, are you? I'd rather not spend a lot of money on a player who might not then play that much and isn't happy because he's not playing his current club. If you see what I'd I mean. have no, no issue paying money for a former yeah, player. F- I didn't have an issue paying £20 million for Son or whatever it is what we no. played. Yeah. But now paying £25 million for Berino who hasn't played football for eight months yeah. or whatever it is. I, I, yeah, I, I understand it. Just person, Perth, just for me, the, 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 it could, the financial figure means if, if you trust Levy with anything... Than, than, than this money, you know. If he feels that he can pay yeah. whatever he pays for it, then that is one thing that I will trust him on. It would be mental if we went in with a twenty-five million. Yeah, bid but it wouldn't bother me. I, I wouldn't give a shit no. about the money. But it's I'd rather have if we didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, because we could spend that on someone who's better and more appropriate. Yeah, but it also shows you what how your chairman's thinking, and it's not about. I don't care how much we spend for for players. I think if your, your people are paying sixty pound a week to go and watch Spurs hmm. or whatever it is they're paying. You know, we should be spending lots of money because otherwise it's just sitting in the bank account and that's no help to anyone. But, um, you know, it's. I think Pochettino has said. It just shows something about the management of the club if you do spend that amount of money on a player that hasn't played. I think Pochettino has come out and said that he wants Premier League experienced players. He said he's willing to go down to League One to play players. Or, yeah, or English football experienced players, which. which, which is encouraging, I think. It's exciting, isn't it? I'd rather, I get more excited about those types of signings now than I would do someone coming from La Liga or, or yeah. Bundesliga. Yeah. So, I mean, we're looking at Moussa um, Dembele with two S's from mm. Fulham. Mm. meant to be all right. But, um, I mean, about the money thing, if we spend a lot of money, maybe that shows that we want to win the league, we think we can win the league. So maybe that's another way of looking at it. If we're going to spend 20, 30 million on a striker, maybe we think, you know what, this guy can win us the league. So. I was, yeah, sorry, T. I was saying, I was saying to you in the pub earlier. It's an interesting comparison with the the January window when Redknapp was in charge, yeah. and we ended up with Sahara Nelson. Are we in a similar <laughs> position now, where if you spend big, you could guarantee yourself Champions League football or better? Is he is Levy going to? Well, where do we stri- where do we spend big? In, in what position in the field? Because you're not going to spend big as a striker. You're not, you, because they're, they're not, not going to be coming in and starting, are no, they? Yeah. Kane is going to start, so you're not going to spend £30 million on a striker. It doesn't seem. The, the, the ones we've heard about are like Perez mm. of um, uh, Newcastle, Berino. You know, these aren't players that are going to usurp 
Kane as a starting forward. You're right. It's interesting, isn't it? Because it's it's so where, where you go and spend that money. Where do you because spend where, money? who are you going to replace in that in our ideal first eleven? Well, in in the summer, people were saying defensive midfield and striker were the two big holes in the squad, and they probably still are because we're they're fit, we're finished there, aren't we? We need another holding midfielder. We need another striker. But like you say. They're not going to go straight in the first team because Dyer and Kane have been two of our best players. So essentially what we're saying is we're not going to be spending big. We might be spending £10 million on a player mm. who is going to be able to add something to the squad and be able to come in and do a job. I don't think any one of those players are going to be replaced. No. I think it'll be about... Supplementing what we've got. Exactly, yeah. Well, the January window is a weird... It's an odd one anyway. I mean, normally players come in January window and hit the ground running... Um, I mean, unless unless you're near the relegation spots, it's probably a bigger window for them. You know, before a team chasing a Champions League place, because there's, I mean, it's just be supplementing the squad, filling in holes, filling in gaps. But I do, and also there's a, there's the issue of being cup tied in Europe. Because I guess we're going to want to have a two at the Europa League as well. So um, I think we do need a striker, but it'd be someone on the Barry you know, Dembele, um, Shane Long level. Not oh, I'd love any Shane higher. Long. I've I don't. Him. Yeah. Uh, why? I don't understand why he's, you wouldn't want Shane Long to, to sit on your bench. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, but it worked. Pochettino wise, I think he's perfect. I don't. I don't know if he's perfect. I do rate him. He's I don't quite limited. Yeah, but for what you'd want him he, to do, coming on for twenty he's basically minutes, basically like a yeah. shit Jermaine Defoe. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying that we shouldn't. Buy it. I think I think what I'll boil down to in in January is um, is if there's something if if Lev, if uh, Levy manages to turn up some type of special deal that's coming up, a Van der Vaart for a cut price deal, or whatever, something that is a little bit special that is not massive gamble. Yeah, like a good a good Johnson was a good sign. When we signed good Johnson, well, I thought Sahar was a not. Sahar hit the ground running to start with. Yeah, the goals injured. against Newcastle, the goals against Arsenal. Well, good yeah. Johnson got us helped us get a fourth. So yeah, that goal at Bolton. Yeah, yeah. was it? Was Bolton? Yeah, it was no, Bo- yeah. Stoke. Yeah, Stoke. Stoke. That was it. Yeah, yeah. Shin, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Man. That was great. He, he looked for what? <laughs> what's happening now? He's tripped up over the chair. Sorry. Where are you going? <laughs> he thought, fuck this. It's boring. recorded. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when you record after a game. I'm, t- I'm tired. It's intense. Yeah. <laughs> it does take a lot out of you watching Spurs. It really does. Uh, okay, should we move on to Leicester? Yeah. Uh, we've got two two games against them. Are those... Is there a pod that splits the two games? Yes. Okay, yeah. so Leicester in the FA Cup first. Is yeah. there... Yeah, because the game's on Wednesday. Oh yeah, of course yeah. It is, yeah. So we play them. We play them twice in three, four, yeah. days. four days, which is a bit of a weird one. Both at home. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'd be more worried. I'm concerned because I know how good Mares and Vardy have been this this season. But you're always waiting for them to drop off, and it has been incredible what they've done. And I don't want to tempt fate, but I really don't think they're as good as their position tells. I mean, they're second in the league now. Uh, I, I was kind of hoping for them to just carry on. Same mm. Just because I don't think Spurs are going to win the league this year. I hope they will. What? I don't think they will. Yeah. Being sensible. You know, we can do this dare is the day all day long. But <laughs> I actually, <laughs> actually thought about that the other day. Even when you sat in a car just as a, tr- as a passenger <laughs> and you're just daydreaming. Like, and I was thinking, fuck, we're going to win this. And I'm going to have to have a tattoo <clears throat> of the dare is the day on me. That's fine. We're going to be in the sun. <laughs> oh fuck <laughs> probably will end up on fucking tabloid newspaper but um, yeah I, I'm, I, I think they're still a very good team they can't not be a good team but I I don't know I just not I don't think I don't think it's going to be an issue 
<laughs> I, no, fuck it, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Man. I think we're going to beat them. I don't want particularly either. I think, I think the goals have, have started ever so slightly to, to dry up for them now. I think um, with the team teams that work as hard as Leicester, and we could probably bring ourselves into this as well, but teams that work as hard as Leicester do, you've got to have you've got to have that next layer of squad uh, beneath your starting eleven, which I don't think they have. Team, was it you who said that Vardy smashes the ball? Yes, I was, right. was going to make that point, yeah. Okay, so he, he smashes the ball, which means he's kind of playing percentages, which isn't the mark of a class player. A yeah. class player is Harry Kane, who yeah. chooses his spot and finds it. Vardy, if you're playing percentages, if he smashes the ball, all right, it might go in. If it's on target, it goes in. So that's a form player, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I he's think he's fucking the score hat trick now, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Every that? single one going across the keeper <laughs> to the far post. Yeah, yeah. really placing <laughs> Vardy's finishing has been good, but the the best thing about Vardy's game is his movement, mm. yeah. and that's something that I, I think he probably has always had it in him to move that well. But he's like you say, his finishing is a, a, a purple patch, it's and he smashed one against the post, didn't he? Yeah, he didn't yeah. have to blast that either. Mm. He never had to blast that. It's one. his channel yeah. movement, isn't it? That movement between yeah. the channels is so good to get in between the fullback and the centre half. Yeah. It unsettles them. Mm. I think that I think they actually do have a decent squad. To be fair to them. Um, Obviously, it's not as deep as maybe a Chelsea or a Man City, but they've got Schlupp, who got injured out for three months. They've got um, Fox coming in that position. I've finally got Ochoa coming off the bench. So, Kramaritchi on yeah. the front line. Mm. Yeah, so they, they, do have, they do have a bit of depth to them, but they had a really, really awful Christmas. I think they only won one game over the... <laughs> they only won one game over the Christmas period. And that, um, did that tickle you, the fact that they've only won once? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it did a little bit, but you know, don't, you, you've banned in jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I think, it, I think it's going to be a tough two games. I think of the two, I'm more confident about winning the FA Cup than the league. It's going to be interesting to see how both teams... Sorry, well, well, the, yeah, I was going to say, the, in their last three cup matches, they've made wholesale changes, so I think we can probably do the same. Maybe just, why not make 11 changes? See what happens. Give our players, but you've got ten days between today and the next league match. Someone sent in a question, but it isn't in running order. But I remember thinking it was quite a good one. Would you be willing to sacrifice the cup games, given the fact that we do have a realistic opportunity of winning the league? And it's always about glory. It really is. And the FA Cup is a glorious competition, but it isn't as glorious as winning the league. And if we have a chance at that, then maybe playing a weakened side as all of the top. Top teams do in the FA Cup. Maybe not this one. Although we've got a game four days, you usually get a week week's gap after the FA Cup, and we haven't got that, so there will be changes. Mm. And I'm okay with that. I am. If we were seventh, I wouldn't be. I'd think FA Cup we've got a chance, but I'm not seventh. We're in touch. I've not seen us win the FA Cup. I've not seen us in an FA Cup never, final. None of us have ever seen us win the league. Not a single no, Spurs fan, unless but you've you're really old, like my dad. 91? Yeah, but... You would have experienced 91? 90, I would have experienced it, but I was fucking 10. That's... Yeah, but I, I, it's a big thing for me. When we lost to Portsmouth in that semi-final, 86. 86, so you was five 18, 86, more like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Brilliant. Genius. I definitely can't... Chill out, Grandad. I'd be really disappointed if we made loads of wholesale changes for, for the effort. But if it was less... If it was a... I don't know. Forest Green or whoever that we were playing, then, then maybe, but... Um, FA Cup is what is a big thing for me, big big thing. No, it is for all of us. Yeah, I understand. We're, we're not usually in this position. No, true. Look how tired Kane, Dyer, and Ali yeah, is today. Yeah. You, 
Yeah, we need to not play. <laughs> I, I think at the fact end off, end off. End off. No, at, the, at the top top level you can't pick and choose you can't say well we'll draw this game we'll win that game we'll lose that game you've got to go out to yeah. every game to try and win it and that's been well okay you've got the Arsenal League Cup game which will, which will always be a situation which could have, could have maybe done a bit better never forget yeah. <laughs> never, no, as much as I love Posh yeah. I will never forgive you for that absolutely forgive but not forget Exactly. But, um, no, the others. <laughs> just forget. Both. I don't forget. Both. Both. Never forget. forget. Yeah. Never forget. <laughs> <laughs> just put a pin in it to the end of the season. <laughs> I'm moving on just because I love you to death, yeah. which is, you know, but I'll but never, never that, forgive that you. That will always get brought up all the time in every argument we have. Yeah. But but no, I don't think it's as simple as saying, well, we'll put the, we'll put the bums out against um, Leicester and play a better team in the league game. I think. There'll be changes, but within this, I don't think we'll see 11 changes. But the I bums? That... Who do you consider the bums of Tottenham squad? Well, Fazio. Fazio yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's well, one bum. Poor old Fazio. Forms a bum. Faz- <laughs> Fazio. Big stiff idiot. Is that <laughs> <laughs> That's Ben Davis, man. <laughs> no, I'm, I think if we have one big stiff idiot, apart from Fazio, he's dire. And no... no I, I, I rate him massively. I don't understand how he's as good as he is. Yeah. Because I, I watch him and I'm like... You shouldn't be as effective as you are. You're kind of slow and lumbering. He's not slow, though. When he gets going, he's, he's quite pacey. No, he's shaved his head. No, he, he, he is. You're exactly right. He, he is that. But he, he doesn't, doesn't look, look like But he doesn't be. look like that. And this yeah. is what I'm saying. My first, Whenever I look at him, I was thinking, oh, you're a big stiff idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but he isn't. He's not. But whereas Fazio is categorically stonewall, yeah. big stiff idiot. I thought he was gone in the last window. Well, he nearly was, wasn't he? Yeah, he really thought the West Brom was kind of, kind of fell by the way of Fazio. Fazio. Right, yeah. But uh, I expect we'll probably see five or six changes. Um, I think the three players Wendy mentioned, at least two of them will be, will be on the bench, I'd imagine, for the FA Cup. See, I don't think... Part of the reason why I don't think women will, will actually go, because I think with Europa League and... You know, I know we're into the knockout stages now, it'll be bigger teams, but I think uh, a centre-half is not somewhere we're, we're massively overstocked. Um... I don't think Wimmer would probably play in that Leicester game. I think there'd be plenty of games for him to play in to be to be kept there. And Europa League's going to come in, in February. Yeah, if so they've been Fazio, then yeah, definitely. Yeah, but if we Fazio were going to play him, we should have played him before now. He should have played in the kind of earlier Europa he's, he's League. He's played game. one game. Strange, he's not even getting on the bench for a lot of games yeah. and yeah. stuff. It's, Are we, yeah. Do we even have a? What, do we have a centre? When's the last time we had a natural centre back at the bench? Because Dyer can. I think Davis Davis can play there. Can't so he? And has done in international football as well. So, so it's almost like a waste of a to, to have him there, which is really unfortunate for him. Because I think I like there's no games where I've looked at him and gone, "Gosh, Jesus Christ!" Who? Vimmer. He's only had one game. Yeah, no, he's had a couple Two, of games, few. games, haven't you? Has he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm an idiot, obviously. <laughs> Not a big stiff one, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, quite lucid. Yeah. <laughs> Nimble, fit, but an idiot. Anyway, <laughs> um, fit. Yeah, what? <laughs> you got a problem with that? No. Ask your wife. <laughs> I don't know what that meant. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> You've got nothing to worry about. Nothing has happened between me and your wife, I yeah, promise. You can probably tell from my face that I'm not massively worried. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, something's going to happen now. Let <laughs> me to get a number off your phone. Yeah. That's, that's, this is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Al. Um, there's one other question I wanted to ask. Is I know Lester have been great this season. Does anyone else in my position of thinking it's still only Leicester, regardless of how good they've been? Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. It's just Leicester. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm not. I mean, at, at home, I guess that, that's probably more, more, you know, more valid. Yeah. But even I mean, Watford away was a tough game. Watford at home, I probably will think it's only Watford. So mm. um, I guess. Do, do you know? Did you remember? Um, do you remember the the thing on? I think it was on Talk Sport. It might be Five Live. It was with Robbie Savage. They were talking. This guy rung up. It went round Twitter. Was he crying? Yeah, Leicester fan who burst into yeah, tears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get it. I get where he's emotional. But I've, I don't think I've ever come to the point where I'm having a conversation about Spurs and burst into tears. And he was talking about his son and his yeah. son saying, look at him, this is amazing, Dad. And, and they've gone through all the horrendous things that Leicester have gone through. And since that phone call, they haven't won a game. Mm. And Good. each time they don't <laughs> win, I think about that man. <laughs> and it makes me happy. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what that definitely. says, says definitely, that about me. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I love it. It's about partisanship, isn't it? Yeah. It's about no matter who you are, whatever team you support, you're the enemy. For the first couple of weeks, I I'm don't like, want you to be happy. Uh, yeah. First couple of weeks, I'm like, yeah, go on, Leicester, fair play to you. I'm I like, want them to win right. the league. Wind your neck in there. I want them to win. Oh the no, I don't. Well, I, just, I don't want them anywhere near. If Spurs it. don't win, I want them to win it. Yeah. Well, obviously, yeah, because it means Arsenal win. Oh uh, well, yeah, obviously between that choice. But all right, I'm going to ask you another difficult question right now because it's something that's been playing on my mind. This is, go- this is a Goldstein one again, where you kept asking you those weird questions. Yeah, no, yeah. that was that, that was weird. But it, it, I mean, yeah, they're impossible to answer. But the the if Spurs, if Arsenal do finish first. And we finish second. Mm. It that is no, actually don't. Let's forget it. Forget it. I can't. We've lost that about a thousand times. Let's, let's cross that let's bridge sh- if we ever come anywhere near it. It would just sum up what it's been like to be uh, surrounded by them cunts and and, and and support Spurs for so long. In the in the Olympic Games in 1972, Ameri- I'm going going back in time a bit. I like now. it though. What are you going? In the Olympic Games, I think it was in 1972, America lost to, to Russia by a dodgy point in the basketball. <laughs> lost by one point. The silver medals were list there in the vault. They didn't collect their medals. <laughs> so if there's a run as that medal for yeah, the football we, league, we yeah? just won't go and get it. We yeah. just won't collect it. Better stay there in the vault. Shit, yeah. Do you know what? That would be a massive statement. Yeah. Like, fuck your medals. Just fuck off. I think there, there, there is a runner up there, next there. season. Well, we get the prize money. Fuck your prize money. Yeah. Keep it. Yeah, that's it. We want to the Champions League. We want to the League. Everything just diffuse everything. Share it out amongst the fans. Yeah. <laughs> pro- have a proper soul con. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dan Dave Bowman, who, who won the uh, Savile Rogue competition with that fantastic. Oh, did he? Oh, fair play. Yeah, I think it's the same one. Can't can't be two people that's called Dave Bowman that listen to the pod. But um, yeah, he won it with a great story. <laughs> Basically made out that he'd been non-stop. <laughs> because he didn't yeah. want to admit the Not truth to his dad <laughs> and to this day still hasn't told him his dad to this day still believes his son's been non-stop <laughs> by a Port Vale fan <laughs> um, that was brilliant yeah it was magnificent non-stop um, Dave tell your dad mate alright anyway he asks uh, he's on Facebook he says uh, who is the most important person at the club at the moment Pochettino, Levy or Kane <laughs> well, to well, us I think just generally about our success. So let's let's take Kane out of the equation because why? Kane's all right. You tell me why we shouldn't <laughs> take out the okay, equation. I, I was I thought he was going to leap across the desk yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a dog when Wait, it just shows his teeth. Um, I, I was thinking about this earlier. Um, Good. I like the question because it's it, it threw me as I was going through them one by one. So Pochettino, I adore him. He's he's doing everything that I would want him to be doing. Like he's developing a system. He's bringing through youth players. And he could bring us some success. But then I thought, well, how long is he going to stick around? He's only been at clubs for a maximum of three years so far. He's quite early in his managerial career, but he's doing well. He'll probably get, if he does win us the league, say, he'll get taken on by a bigger club. Levy has finally got a managerial appointment right and has helped us build a sustainable structure and a, a squad that is self, self-sustaining. 
and potentially will bring a new stadium. But there are there's a subsection of fans who hate him still, regardless. They think he's he's tight. There's people who who insist that he won't lay a brick of the new stadium, etc., etc., etc. He's quite he divides opinion. I like that. Kane, Not a single brick <laughs> has been laid. Yeah, but Kane is. It's a fair point. Kane's a talisman. He is. He's an unbelievable striker as it is, but he'll probably get better. He guarantees his goals, and potentially he could become one of our greatest ever players if he were to stay at the club for his whole career. It's a big if. It's a massive. And I think how important he is for other. It's not if if he stays for his entire career. I mean, if he's here for five to six years and keeps scoring at this rate, he'll he'll become a Spurs legend. He'll go down as one of the greatest players we've ever had. Yeah, I'm not down that. What I mean is, is for him to go on and um, produce. A legacy, almost, is a big if. Oh, yeah, in modern football. Do you know what I mean? In in a way, he's already done that. I mean, the two seasons he's had and the goals he scored against Arsenal, no one of our sort of generation is ever going to forget what Kane's done. If he goes now, he'll be another one of those great players that fucked us over. Like Bale. Mm. Like Bale or Modric or fucking shit like Berbatov. Do you not? Do you not think though? For for me, it would still be Pochettino because do you not think with the way that the club and the academy seem to be more aligned now than they have ever been, particularly in recent history? Mm. The next Kane, whether that's Edwards or whoever it may be, without that alignment happening, which is obviously a huge. in part, hugely down to Pochettino because it's because it's given these, un, you know, the under 18s and those under 21 players far more drive because they think, fuck, if I actually mm-hmm. can make that one step, I know I'm going to get given a chance. Then the next Kane, it's, it won't be able to come through without a Pochettino. And Pochettino wouldn't be there without Levy, so it takes you back to Levy yeah. as well. So it's just it's a great question. It's a great question because there is no answer mm. to it. The fact is is that all of these three. And I would include Kane and Loris, actually, um, as the most important people at our club, those those four. They work together. It works because everything has kind of fallen into place currently. And that that goes across any kind of successful football club. There's never one defining character that launches a team to becoming a successful squad. Apart from probably Mourinho, who's consistently moved club to club and, and brought <clears> success. <throat> that said, he also is the, the kind of... He's a, he, he also destroys it. Mm. He destroys what's his, exactly. And what we've got here, and and what is most exciting for me because it's something that's never been said about players uh, about from from a manager before is Pochettino talking about his relationship with Levy. He <coughs> genuinely likes him, mm-hmm. so it, it, perhaps he won't leave. Perhaps he will sign a new contract, and he may well be there. And he mentioned about the Real Madrid interest, and did I dream that? He talks about Real Madrid's interest. Mm. Or, or there was a rumour mooted and said that I've got a project at Tottenham and I'm, that's yeah. all I'm interested in. Oh, fuck, maybe I'm... Maybe I'm <laughs> no, no, that, yeah. that did happen. Yeah, that yeah. did happen. And he talks about his relationship with Levy as well, I think, in that interview. And um, I think t- the answer is together, mm. all of them. The stars have aligned. Exactly. In terms of who I'd least likely to like to lose, Pochettino. Mm. I think he's the most important... He, he's the reason why it's all clicked together. He was the missing piece of the jigsaw. I mean, well, I don't know what that means really, but it kind of it's him. Yeah. He he's the most important, but he doesn't work with those other assets as well. No, it, it's, and it's a fantastic point the fact of of them all aligning and fitting in together because I think I think it was either today or yesterday uh, that piece with Larice speaking to Lequip um, about how 
you know, he was thinking about his Tottenham career at the end after Sherwood and thinking, you know, what is going on? You know, where's this going? And, you know, and he's put down the fact that how comfortable he is with the club and how comfortable he is to stay longer if everything continues to be this, the same the same way because of because of Pochettino. Um, but you're right. And uh, it, it harks me back to, to when you talked about no club has ever gained that huge amount of success without that type of core to it. You know, I'm a big... You know, the class of, 1990, of 92 is... is because it's an era that I grew up in, but when you watch that documentary and you can see how everything was aligned when Ferguson come in and doubled the number of scouts and changed the way that the youth team wanted to play so it would suit the way that he was going to play with the first team and that type of stuff, you're right, without without it all aligning, then you, then you can't have it. It's certainly not sustainable success. So Flab's absolutely right. I think it's Pochettino. Um, as, as you guys have said, I think losing him would, have a, would, would set us further back than it would be if we lost Kane. Hmm. Um, Levy, well... He's important. He's important because he's a chairman, but um, he's, a, he's, a, he's essentially the head of of an investment company. So he can be replaced by someone else within Ian Nick or yeah, exactly. But um, I just think, look at what Pochettino has done to Kane. Look what he's done to Dyer, and look what he's done to Hugo Lloris. Is what you've just said. He's he's improving players, and um, I think I've said this in the pod before. Honigstein once Honigstein said um, on Football Weekly that. Coaches should be improving the players that they actually have and not looking at spending millions on new ones. And um, Pochettino saved us millions with Dyer, with Dyer's um, form this season. Um, Deli Ali coming in on the cheap and him doing well. Um, Kane being one of the best strikers in, the, in Europe, if not the world, under, under Pochettino's um, tutelage. So he has to be the most important of the three for me. I still, to, uh, just to hear you say that, and I, know, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> yeah. Still can't get my it's just thinking it's tight. We've said that we've talked about title challenges, about <laughs> the best striker in the world. Coopers <laughs> are going to be saving that whole oh, monologue. Oh, you're going to save that monologue, and then the uh, decisions are going to play it back. I wouldn't, so, oh, I wouldn't give a fuck. Like, no care. one is having as much fun supporting Tottenham oh, no as a club as we are right now, and I firmly believe that. I think there's we're, a f- we're in the club and we're fingering people right now. We're, we're, we're loving it. <laughs> we're loving shit right now. <laughs> Uh, um, so Bardi, uh, why, why isn't he on why a fucking he? day off? You know what I mean? He's went on. He's on the pod every other week. He's fucking writing in questions. I'm sick of it before. And I appreciate that. You know, he's he's dedicated. But oh, can you get a life, mate? Just go away. Finger a bird or something. How <laughs> uh, many mucking? Uh, Bardi, he says, uh, what are Harry Kane's New Year's resolutions? Shoot from further out a lot more on yeah. today's evidence. Um, win a trophy. Close your mouth. <laughs> but he only t- he only does that to taste the fear of his opponent. That that is true. <laughs> it, it does serve a purpose. It's just you know a bit, a bit disturbing. You imagine the amount of flies that fly into Harry Kane. Sign a fifteen-year contract. A new re- <laughs> the, the longest kid, the longest contract in the history of sport. Yeah, in the world. I think he breaks his breaks his leg a week later. No, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's Spurs. I'm it's saying, it's Spurs it, man. It ain't Spurs. It's T. It's your mind. Yeah, it's, it's who you are. It's, it's who you Spurs. are. Don't poison us. <laughs> um, um, no, I think I think winning a trophy will be his New Year's resolution because um, it's attainable. It's very attainable, and I don't see us playing a weakened team in the Europa League or the FA Cup because these are all attainable. Um, we go into every game with the intention to win. I couldn't see us going into a game saying, oh, we're going to lose. Um, the Arsenal game is the elephant in the room, but that aside, I, think, I don't think we're going to any games looking, oh, you know, if we don't win, it's okay. I think we go into every game looking to win. Today was a good result, and the players are gutted that we drew against a perfectly good team, and it just shows the mentality. So 
I think his I think his resolution will be to win a trophy, not an individual one, but a team one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you think, just as an just quickly as an offshoot, do you think this is our our year to to do it? <laughs> do, do do you think, or, or, or is it more realistic or, or more sensible to think about about next season in terms of winning a trophy? Yeah, because we've we've, we've spent our lives thinking about next season. Mm. Why not think about it this season? I think it's not no, going to happen. Is the answer? There's no harm in it, and it's it's fucking fun yeah. right now. It is fun. Yeah. When I can sit there and I can have a genuine conversation with a, a supporter of another team and talk about, yeah, we're up there. Do you know what though? I think if we were top, I'm not sure I'd find it as fun. No, absolutely. I yeah. think I'd be quite stressed. <laughs> yeah, I would. I'd be I'd horrifically be, stressed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's quite nice. We're still sort of under the radar a little bit, mm-hmm. and, and almost being written off by everyone, probably rightly. Yeah. And that's nice. I mean, I think we are one of those teams who would probably be better chasing the pack than being. In the lead, Man City are a prime example. They won two league titles, being chasing the league for the entire season, and then yeah. just winning. Then I think we could we could do the same. I mean, you know, imagine the the glory like in a racehorse, just like in a in a horse race, you know, where he's just suddenly from five horses yeah. back, someone in the last week or oh, last ten God. weeks of the season is suddenly galloping like fuck, and, and then Kane he, sticks his nose just over the edge, and we win the fucking thing. I love and, it. And it's exactly like the Man City result because we we've. we've Suffered and, and, and endured so much for them scumbag franchise cunts, right? But to just take it from them. It's hard That's to think it. about because what would happen afterwards? What would happen after? If that happened, uh, what, what would happen? happen is I'd find some rope and end it because yeah. it's never going to be as good. There would be it? nothing else to yeah. attain in life. I'd, yeah. I'd reached it at 34, I've made it. Yeah. And I hadn't done anything. I've just watched other people do it for me. Uh, what you want? I, I go to Newcastle event the last day of the season, so you might, you might see someone jump off the top tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just swan dive, with your arms, <laughs> exactly. arms by your side, so, <laughs> so that you don't fall properly, but you kind of go awkwardly yeah. to the ground, hit the concrete, take out a couple Aim of. Aim for Mike Ashley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably, I probably bounce back up, wouldn't I? Oh, it does. It genuinely fills me with excitement, I and that's all I want out of football. I think this is an excellent way to end the pod. Mm. Uh, Wendy, thank you very much for coming down. Uh, everyone's got to work tomorrow, and mm-hmm. I know it's a big ask because I can't do tomorrow. So thanks a lot for that. No worries, Alex. T, thank I've you, been Flav. I've enjoyed this. Enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Good. That's always a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping me happy, guys. <laughs> See you next week. T, what? Uh, the toilet's fucked. You can have a piss, but don't poo. Podcast Network. 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.